0: Everybody and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 33 of season two, coming to you live and direct from the Conrad Hotel in downtown Indianapolis, uh, Grizzlies. Uh, in uh, the middle of a four-game road trip, their longest remaining road trip of the year. And uh, so we'll be a little uh, on the brief side today with today's show, but we do have Rick Kamla, part two of our conversation with Rick Kamla, where we break down the awards races in the NBA. Today's show is being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. They've helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. We thank them for their continued support, and uh, we're going to do away with the traditional uh, structure of uh, that was the week that was in Petey's points. We're just going to kind of ramble here a little bit and uh, talk about the Grizzlies' win over the Oklahoma City Thunder on Sunday night. Of course, the Grizzlies coming off a 15-point rally win at home against the New York Knicks. It was a tremendous fourth-quarter performance by John Morant and put the team on his shoulders in the fourth quarter after the Grizzlies fell down by 15, and they were able to get the win. So now you start a four-game road trip, and you start with the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that is clearly in rebuilding mode. I never like to use the term tank mode, but a million guys injured, no Lou Dort, uh, no Josh Giddy available to them, uh, Mike Muscala not playing, Jeremiah Robinson Earl also out. This is a very shorthanded team. And Mark Degnault really only had about nine healthy players uh, available to him on Sunday night. And the Grizzlies come in, and certainly, you know, you looked at the stats from the first two games between these two teams, and you really couldn't draw anything from them because the Grizzlies had the record-setting win in one game, and then they lost the other game by three. The big difference in the first two games is Shea Gilgis-Alexander didn't play in the first meeting, did play in the second meeting. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander, this is kind of a side note here about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I wonder how quickly they're going to get quality players around him because you can build around Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, he is a dynamic player and score, plays downhill. There's there's there, there's some John Morant in him with his skill set and what he is able to do. Fabulous player. Maybe Josh Giddy then becomes your your point guard and if he's healthy, now you start to build. But I wonder how long SGA is going to remain patient with the rebuilding process in Oklahoma City. In any event, this is a ball game that you know the Grizzlies have had as their goal to have forty-eight really good minutes of basketball. And they didn't have that against the New York Knicks, almost cost him a game. Um Again, did not come up with a real strong 48-minute effort. And even after the game, Taylor Jenkins says, look, we were very average defensively tonight. Uh, The Grizzlies uh, did allow 31 to shake Gildas Alexander, but he needed 20 shots to get there and 12 free-throw attempts, all of which he made. Grizzlies would go up by double digits, as many by 16. The Thunder would cut it down to five points. The Grizzlies would respond with a run. So uh, you were really kind of uh, on this tug of war between a double-digit lead and a single-digit advantage. And give a great deal of credit to Oklahoma City. Um, for years, we've we've looked at the Darius Baisley trade uh, that Oklahoma City got him and the Grizzlies got Brandon Clark. Bazley first couple years of his career wasn't terribly impressive. He was impressive on Sunday night. 29 points and 10 rebounds, 11 of 19 from the floor. Would have had a monster game if not for the fact that he missed four free throws. So Darius Baisley might be a piece for the Oklahoma City Thunder. This was an interesting game as well because John Morant was more of a facilitator in this game than he was a scorer. Only took 14 shots, made half of them, Missed both of his threes, had 10 assists, only 17 points. So the 20-point game streak comes to an end. It was the second-longest active streak in the NBA behind LeBron James. But the Grizzlies got really good contributions from their bench. Brandon Clark continues to play good basketball. Tyus Jones, uh, double figures again for him with a dozen. Had three steals for the Grizzlies uh, on Sunday night. So he continues to play really well. But the story, as far as the Grizzlies were concerned, Outside of the fact that they came out in white uniforms, just like the Thunder did, and had to go back to the locker room and change, the fact that Dylan Brooks was back on the floor. Uh, everybody on the team is very excited about that. They love what he is going to bring: his passion, his energy, his ability to defend on the perimeter. Those are the things that he's going to going to bring to this basketball team. Um, good, good twenty-six minute run for him. Uh, you know, I didn't ask Taylor Jenkins if there was going to be a minutes restriction on on Dylan. Um, but it did not did not appear that there was any uh, restriction on him at all. Uh, six of 14 from the floor, hit a three, had four assists. Grizzlies go for 30 assists, and when they get 28 or more, they always win but 15 for Dylan Brooks. Some of the perimeter shots came up short. You could see that there were some areas in which his timing was perhaps a little off. But by and large, I thought it was a really good debut for Dylan Brooks. And now you go into Indiana with a game on Tuesday night, then you have a couple days off, then you play Atlanta, uh, and then you wrap up at Houston. It's a four-game road trip, but you're out nine days because there are no back-to-backs on this trip and you have an extra day off in Atlanta. So this will give an opportunity for the Grizzlies to actually get some practice time in and get some court time in because now you finally have your desired starting five intact with Brooks, Jackson, Adams, Bain, and John Morant. And I think now you have an opportunity to maybe get yourself into a rhythm and hopefully you come up with more ball games where you're playing 36, 40, 45, 48 complete minutes of basketball. The Grizzlies were up and down. They were up and down against the Knicks. They were also up and down against Houston. Now, it only cost the Grizzlies one game, but... Uh, you're going to need a 48-minute effort on a consistent basis when you go into the playoffs if you are going to win series and you aspire to win a championship. There are people, when we go into other buildings, they say, you, you know, do you realize with this Memphis Grizzlies team potentially you could win a championship? That's never been on the table for the Memphis Grizzlies before, and so how they react going into the postseason is going to be huge. Grizzlies win it in Oklahoma City, 125-118. The Grizzlies now 47-22. and 22. They take the, take the season series from the Thunder. Two games to one. The Thunder now 20 and 47. Uh, so the Grizzlies go into Tuesday night's game as uh, they take on the Indiana Pacers. And uh, the Pacers are coming off a loss at Atlanta. Indiana has uh, been really beset by injuries as well. When you get to this time of the year, uh, the injuries do tend to settle in quite a bit. The Sunday game against Atlanta, Indiana, Malcolm Brogdon was inactive with a concussion. T.J. McConnell, he's had surgery on his right wrist. Of course, Ricky Rubio uh, is out for the rest of the year. Miles Turner has been out with a left foot stress reaction, and of course, T.J. Warren, you know he, he he barely has played in the last couple of years still pacers were were in this ball game and ended up losing 131-128 primarily because Trey Young went off for 47 points including 7 of 10 from 3 there are some unfamiliar names that you are going to hear about uh on Tuesday night's game now the starting backcourt for the indiana pacers is now Uh, what used to be the Sacramento Kings backcourt of Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. They combined for 50 in Sunday's game. Heald is now a full-time starter in Indiana where he was uh, pretty much a full-time bench guy in Sacramento. Uh, Halliburton... I think he's one of the great young players in our league. I do not understand why Sacramento gave up on him. I would have. I would. I would rather keep Tyrese Halliburton than De'Aaron Fox. Although Fox certainly is a high-level player, I just think Halliburton has has a more well-rounded game. Uh, you're going to hear about Isaiah Jackson, who had a double-double uh, at the center position with 12 points and 15 boards and uh, a couple of block shots. Lance Stevenson didn't play. Chris Duarte didn't play because they were injured. So um, on Sunday, Rick Carlisle only had eight healthy bodies uh, to work with. And so um, it's going to be an interesting uh, go on Tuesday night, see if the Grizzlies can take advantage of a very depleted Indiana Pacers team. The Grizzlies right now, uh, they're at full strength health-wise. Santi Aldama is with, with the G League. Memphis Hustle as is Eve Pons, but there are no injuries to report uh, hopefully when we get the injury report later today uh, there won't be anybody on that injury report Grizzlies are going to have some uh, court time today and a shoot around tomorrow to get ready for the Indiana Pacers and uh, hopefully they will continue their uh, road excellence when they take on the Indiana Pacers of course you can see it all on Bally Sports Southeast and uh, Grizzlies Live presented by Ford and your Mid-South Ford dealers 530 Central for the pregame show and then a six o'clock tip. That's what we've got on the docket for you. And uh, then the Grizzlies are going to continue with a a couple of days off uh, where they are going to be uh, in Atlanta for a couple of days before they take on the Hawks. And the Hawks, you know, they they have the building sold out. We have already been told Atlanta has sold out the building for John Morant coming to Atlanta. So uh, that will be very intriguing as this road trip continues. Uh, We're going to get to Our friend of the program, Rick Kamla, you hear him on Sirius XM NBA Radio daily on the Give and Go Show with Antonio Daniels, and uh, we're going to talk about the NBA Awards Race Does John Morant figure into the MVP race? What about Taylor Jenkins and Coach of the Year? We'll talk about that uh, coming up in just a little bit. But first, we tell you that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, college basketball fans, join in the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, it's that simple. They win, you win. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round, or who will hit the most three-pointers, and then track your results. It's just that simple. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. Now, if they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details, which include... This, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado or New Hampshire, that number is 1-800-522-4700. In Connecticut, call 1- 888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Iowa, the number is 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY, or you can also text to HOPE-NY. In Oregon, visit opgr.org. In Tennessee, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. And in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. 21 or older for this offer, 18 or older in New Hampshire or Wyoming, you must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, wyoming only minimum five dollar deposit is required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for full details all right let's get to our friend of the program you know him he is rick Kamla. he is always energetic he is always on point with his opinions and uh, you can hear him daily on the give and go show with antonio daniels on sirius xm nba radio here he is rick Kamla, our friend of the program Let's change gears a little bit. We're nearing the end of the season. Let's talk awards. And this might be the most open slash competitive MVP race we've seen in some time. Because you've got maybe, what, five guys that are legit MVP candidates who probably will get some first place votes. and Embiid's having a magnificent year. Uh, obviously Jaw's going to get some consideration. Jokic is great. Giannis is great. DeMar DeRozan is a huge reason why Chicago is where they are right now. Handicap the field for us with the MVP race.
1: Um. So, I mean, you nailed the guys. Uh, my order is Jokic, Embiid, Morant, DeRozan, and Giannis. And DeRozan is starting to slip into a, a five-hole, and, uh, and, and so I've, I've got to sort of reevaluate that, but last I did it about a week ago, Pete, that was the stacking of uh, Chicago's now lost five in a row. Uh, Giannis continues to do historic thing, uh, things. I think they've won five in a row as we speak here. And as you know, it's an undulating race. Okay. It's not like, all right, it, it's firm. And it's said, no, it's, it's, it's by the night it's by the game. It's by the injury. It, it's, it's, that's how close this MVP race is. But Pete, to me, two guys have separated. And, and it's the two Wilt Chamberlain-esque guys that we have in our game right now, uh, with Nikola being more Wilt-like than even Joel Embiid. Um, StatMuse put out a great tweet a couple of nights ago about uh, Jokic versus Giannis and Embiid in, in basic stats, and it was advanced stats, and it was advanced plus stats. Three different layers. And Nikola Jokic... Pete, off the top of my head, was probably the leader in categories, uh, about 80% across the board. It might have even been more than that. Um, statistically, <clears throat> it's not close. It's, it's Nikola Jokic over Joel and Now, when we nuance it and contextualize it and talk about who Joel has played without, who Jokic has played without, uh, the misery and despair and drama in Philly all year. Um, and, and we sort of play those games. Uh, it, it it starts to get a little brighter for Joel Embiid, at least on that drama front. But another point to me that's in Jokic's favor, to me as I look at it, uh, he's gotten basically nothing from Porter and Murray all year. Players two and three gone, vaporized. Uh, over there in Philadelphia, um, you've had Tobias Harris, your third best player all year. And you've had Maxi all year, who actually may be their third best player. Um, and then, okay, you've missed Ben Simmons and, and James Harden for a few of those games when he first got there. I'm sorry, Nikola Jokic is doing more with less than, uh, than Joel Embiid. And uh, last I checked, I think it was Philly 16 games over 500, Denver 13 games over 500. So that, to me, is a nominal difference in terms of record and team success. So for all those reasons, I got Jokic, but Pete, it's close. It's very, very close.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a Jokic fan because he can affect the game in so many ways. And to me, that is if we're going to contain or continue to have most valuable I kind of look at it is contextually. If you take this guy away, what's left? What's left of this team? And you're right. You take Embiid away from Philadelphia, they're still a pretty good basketball team. And Tyrese Maxey may well be speaking of awards may well be the most improved player in the NBA this year. Let's keep rolling on on awards. Coach of the Year also very very competitive. You can make a case for Chris Finch. You can make a case for Monty Williams again. You can make a case for Taylor Jenkins in Memphis. Uh, you can even make a case for Billy Donovan in Chicago, although they have gone through a little bit of a lull. Your coach of the year candidates, how does that stack up?
1: I mean, you, t- you touched on them. Um, you know, the guys that immediately come to mind are Eric Spolstra, uh, first in the East, despite a ton of missed man games. Um, also, uh, a springing to mind, Uh, Billy Donovan in Chicago, uh, bringing that thing to a nice boil. And I know they've hit a uh, a loser here. Uh, They're going to get Caruso around the corner, but I've been impressed with what he has done. Um, But, uh, man, it's tough when I scroll around the league. Um, I I, I tell you what, man, um, I'm not trying to dare to be different here. Uh, This is legit and authentic. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff is the guy that I would most want to go to bat for. Yeah, Um, you know,
0: I I apologize for leaving him off. I I, that should have been a guy that I would certainly recognize because he's he's done an amazing job in Cleveland. You're right.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, no worries. I mean, he's you know, you know, he's not a usual suspect in this conversation. Um, but here's why, JB Bickerstaff. Uh, first of all, um, Pete, I do uh you know predictions before the year. You know, uh, one through fifteen on each side. I think I had Cleveland twelfth. Okay, uh, they've been top six all year. They've had nothing but, um. I mean, the basketball gods, like, love going to the toilet on the Cavaliers with all these injuries, man. I mean, just let this team breathe, right, from Rubio to Sexton to and, uh Garland has missed time. Uh, now Jared Allen is out uh, for the rest of the year. I mean, I, I just hate that, right? I mean, let's see this team be able to bring it to a boil with all their guys, and, and that, that's not going to happen. Um, but So he's managed that. Uh, he has gotten um, fantastic play out of Kevin Love when all of us have given up on him. Um, Ricky Rubio was having an outstanding year before he went down. And these are two veteran, highly paid guys who, you know, could maybe get mopey or not be a part of it or not want. And so JB got them to buy in, uh, found time for them, found a role for them. Uh, that I thought was brilliant. Um, like we talked about with, with, you know, one of those teams ago, um, you know, JB has found a way for all his guys to eat Garland All-Star, Allen All-Star, Mobley's probably going to win rookie of the year. They've all got good stats. Um, you know, Rubio had really good stats. Uh, 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 is at about 13, right? you got to take a haircut with a lot of guys to share with love. Is it like 10 and uh, 6 per game? So, it, like, everybody's eating. Everybody knows the role. Everybody's happy. And it's a freaking love fest in Cleveland right now, Pete, from the fans to the players to the coach. Um, and so I, I know it's a little outlandish maybe, but I say J.B. Bickerstaff.
0: No, it's not outlandish at all. But, uh, you know, when the Grizzlies beat Cleveland on opening night, I think we're all kind of like,
1: yeah, well, well,
0: beat Cleveland. They're not going to be very good. And then you realize, as the season wears on, what a quality win that really was. And uh, and and I'm I'm happy for JB. JB is a really really good guy, and I'm happy to see his success. Uh, you talk about guys getting mopey. Uh, let's talk about the Ben Simmons saga, and and finally going to work for for Brooklyn. How does how does that all play out? We just saw Kyrie drop fifty. They're going to take the mask mandate off. He may be able to play home games now. What what's the future for this Brooklyn team? I mean, are they suddenly going to get right and become a, a legit contender in the East, or is it too little, too late?
1: Well, uh, do you have uh, do you have uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams' uh, mobile number? Uh, let's let's reach out to him, Pete, because. <laughs> To me, he holds the key to this. And look, maybe it's above Eric Adams. Maybe it's a governor call uh, to. And look, I, I, me personally, it's not about uh, you know the overall vaccine mandate, wearing masks and stuff. It's about the stupid little idiosyncrasy that road unvaxxed players can play in New York and home unvaxxed players can't play in New York.
0: Right? Makes doesn't no sense. make
1: sense to me, Pete. Yep. Does not compute. And and that's the hiccup here with Kyrie not playing. All that to say. Um, I'm I'm of a mind Pete that a the fit is going to be really good right away with Ben Simmons with Kyrie and Durant because they complete each other Ben is great where they're not they're great where he's not kind of like uh Giannis and Middleton up in Milwaukee right like those puzzle pieces fit they complete each other they just won a championship together because of that um so that's uh that's kind of my view on that but uh that's going to be interesting to see, man, as as we continue on here, but uh, that's what I got on that right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, until Irving can play every game, things remain really in flux for Brooklyn, but yeah, you make a good point, I mean, because when you think about Ben Simmons, you're thinking more about defense than scoring, and and obviously Durant, uh, you know, and Irving, when he is able to play, they are all about scoring, and it will be a matter of of kind of, you know, blending everybody in. Then on the flip side, what about Harden in Philadelphia? Because he's such a ball dominant guy, and and obviously Embiid needs the ball, Tobias Harris doesn't need the ball, but you want to get it in his hands cuz he's one of the more capable scorers in our league.
1: Um I mean, look, in from the Philly side, it's been, you know, extraordinary as we speak. They haven't lost yet with James Harden, they're 5 and 0. Oh. Um, the numbers are off the charts. Everybody's eating, uh, well, except Tobias Harris, but, but Tyrese Maxey is, you know, I mean, if, if you extrapolate this over a season, you got to get him to the all-star game. Obviously it's a small sample, but they've been, they've been cooking. Um, they've been amazing. Um, I, I'm worried about a couple of things though, Pete. I'm worried about the lack of depth, um, with Curry and Drummond going from Philly to Brooklyn. Um, they were really key, um, very important pieces that I don't think got enough credit there and and when you talk about you know now you're coming off with DeAndre Jordan behind Joel Embiid DeAndre Jordan is not Andre Drummond and uh and you know obviously whatever they have is not Seth Curry one of the greatest three point shooters the league has ever seen so they're, they're going to miss those guys they are and I don't trust James Harden in the playoffs Pete I'm sorry I don't I need to see You don't it. need to okay. apologize I agree with you <laughs> I need to see it I honor the greatness. I give him the flowers. He is one of the greatest offensive players ever. He is already in my top 10 shooting guards of all time, okay? Um, this year, Pete, he is probably going to win the assist crown, all right? Uh, Chris Paul leads right now, but Paul's going to fall off because of this disqualification lack of games. Harden's going to win the assist crown, and that is going to be his second. He is going to join Russell Westbrook as the only other player in league history to win multiple scoring titles and assist titles. I give James Harden his credit. Show me in the playoffs because Petey has not done that yet. He's done it here. He's done it there, but he hasn't done it when it really mattered. He was in the finals back in 2012. And, and the lasting memory of that is A, how bad he was, and B, the rumors that he was kicking it in Miami and all that kind of stuff. So, like, it's the finals, man. You got all offseason to do that stuff, right? So I need to see it, man. I, I honor the greatness, Pete, but that's my hangup with Philly. Joel Embiid, Pete, is so ready for this. He's diving on the floor for loose balls. He I, The other night I saw him turn his ankle, okay? I forget who kind of got swiped up into him and foot went into the ankle. His ankle turned out, and it, it looked bad, okay? Stayed in the game, went to the free throw line, bang, bang, kept playing, right? A lot of guys still miss a month with that with that injury. Um, you know, load management, the whole thing. But, but he wants it bad. 30-11-4 on the season. All the other numbers are fantastic. Um, and so look, all the all the 40 and 10 games where he's making history with that, he wants it. He's ready for it. I think James Harden is going to keep Joel Embiid from getting to the top of the mountain.
0: Yeah, interesting take. I you know, the and the thing about Embiid, I think them moving off of Ben Simmons allowed Embiid to be the player that he is. Because I think that was a question about Embiid. Like, okay, can he be a number one? Can he be a leader? With this basketball team. And I think when they moved Simmons and, and got him out of the picture, I think that's when Embiid really started to flourish and we started to see just how good Joel Embiid could be.
1: It's very fair. Um it's very look, how many wasted possessions did Philly have with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Because you know this, Pete. It was either a grab and go rebound and a fast break where Simmons is running, others are running, Embiid is lagging behind. Um, and uh, or there are the possessions where you don't have it half court offense set up, and then Ben Simmons is kind of iced out, and he doesn't really have his place in there. Um, they didn't play together. They didn't want to play together. Um, it, they didn't play nice together, uh, Pete. But look, the, the way Harden and Harden and Joel Embiid are already in better sync and in better chemistry than Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid ever were, and they played like five years together. How crazy is that? Embiid and Harden have been together, Pete, for two weeks on the basketball court. And I can already definitively, without hesitation, say that they are better together than Simmons and Embiid were. Um, and so that the fit is great, but going back to Brooklyn, the fit in Brooklyn is, is going to be fantastic from the jump. And, and look, it all comes back to Mayor Adams, Pete. If he can, um, if he, if he makes that decision that Kyrie can play home in a way, um, I believe that the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the East. I, I really do. I would put them above Milwaukee at that point. If Kyrie is a part-time player, I, I'd put Brooklyn actually probably fifth. Um, I'd put them even behind Boston. Uh, I would certainly put them behind Philadelphia if <clears throat> if Kyrie is a part-time player. But if Kyrie is a full-time player, I believe the Nets will go to the finals. Wow! Wow!
0: Great stuff. Rick, man, I really appreciate the knowledge. It is always fun to chat with you because uh, you and Antonio Daniels, you got the view of the entire league, and, and it's nice for me to step back from Grizzlies' perspective and and to talk about the league as a whole. It's really a really fascinating conversation, and I, I do appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you down the road.
1: We appreciate you, man. Good luck to your Grizzlies. We'll talk soon.
0: And our thanks to Rick Kamla for being part of the show today. Always an enjoyable conversation with Cam, and uh, we hope that uh, he comes back for further adventures on the Grizz Weekly Grind. And, of course, like I said, tune him in on SiriusXM XM NBA radio as one of their fine shows, the Give and Go program. All right, that's a wrap for Episode 33 of Season 2 of the Grizz Weekly Grind grizzlies on the road in indiana and they'll take on the pacers on tuesday night before heading to atlanta and then wrapping up the road trip next sunday night at houston i'm pete Pratica. thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time